Warning, this is a satirical rugby podcast for degenerate gamblers, rugby fanatics, and anyone in between. If that sounds like you, you've come to the right place. If you're easily offended, oh well, who cares, who knows, why bother? Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. I'm BT. My co-host Uncle Johnny is in the house. Hey yo! And let me just say we are very sorry we took a week off recording. I was competing with the Denver Barbarians in the West Championships down in Fort Worth, and uh, we got the job done. Went two for two. So this is Championship Week now, Johnny. Pretty, uh, pretty excited, but also kind of anxious and nervous. It's weird. You try and live that same routine and normalcy that you always have but there is some nervousness there is some excitedness gotta bring the swagger and uh for uncle johnny he was gone all last week out on the road duty calls uh he's an underwater welding equipment salesman um so that industry never sleeps of course so uncle johnny was out on the road we are back though we are caught up on our game film in the mlr um, but before that, drum roll please. It's time for Uncle Johnny's State of the Rugby Union. Alright fans, some news from the rugby world. Rob Kane becomes the first full-time USA Women's Eagles head coach. And the women have been waiting for a while for this. And they, he's going to have a lot of work to do to get them already uh, up and running. Uh, they have two tests planned for November, New Zealand, and Ireland already. And I'll tell you what, BT, it's about time. Well, Johnny, I- I'm curious. You know more about the women's rugby scene than I do. Why is this the first time they're getting a head coach? Is it a money thing? Yeah, it's an investment thing. It's a priority thing, and in- and it sucks that they had to ask for it and uh, lobby for it. But uh, this this search process has taken them a little while, and it looks like they have a really top-tier professional. We'll see how Rob fits in, but he's he's been getting a lot of buzz. He's from the Saracens program, top-tier program out of London. So uh, all good things for the USA Women's Eagles. Looking forward to seeing them compete. Well, you know, from what I see in the box score, like we're we're pretty good. We're we're always top ten in fifteens when it comes to the women's eagles, and I feel like now that they have all the pieces, we should be expecting nothing but wins on the on the tier one level. Correct? It's a it's a challenge. We're we're in the top, uh, you know, five typically teams in the world. Finished fourth at the World Cup in Ireland, uh, and uh, you know, unfortunately. The women have to, you know, make arguments like, hey, you know, no men's program in the top 10 in the world would have to struggle without a head coach or without test matches. So they're getting traction on that. Finally, it's about time. Uh, on to some other news. U20s men's junior All-Americans are set to play Canada in a two-game series around the USA-Scotland f- fixture for the men. So June 12th and 16th uh, in Houston. But we see that it's kind of too bad those players have been asked to come up with $1,600 and plus airfare to be able to compete for the U-20s. And this nationals. is a select team? Yeah. You get selected to pay money. Yeah. Congratulations. You're a stud. 
up-and-coming Eagles. And if you watch the U-20s World Cup, you watch the teams like New Zealand, Australia, England, Ireland, Scotland, that their studs on that U-20s uh, uh, championship uh, trophy, their competition, they are feeding directly into All Blacks, uh, top-tier super rugby, and they're the they're really the shining stars. And, and a 20-year-old kid knocking on the door uh, can be your next stud on the Eagles. Well, pray for our youth. Uh- <laughs> Also, Flow Sports acquired the Rugby Channel, um, and the uh, hopefully this kind of offsets a little bit of the dumpster fire that is Rim. Uh, and also, just just for the fans, hopefully we see kind of a consolidation of content and more value for the actual subscription that you pay for for Flow. Um, oh, uh, news update: My ESPN Plus five ninety nine charge did hit the bank account, so. Thank God I'm not the U-20s uh, having to fork over cost share because my free trial is over. Yeah, which ESPN you know, Plus has been great for you know, watching some of these MLR matches, watching Super Rugby, which is uh, the best in the business. Well, let's call this what it is. It's a bailout. Uh, the Rugby Channel failed because Rim was failing and there was no accountability on the top. Our guy Steve Lewis has been peppering the board for change and he's gotten it um thank god there's somebody out there willing to light a fire on somebody's asses but yeah flow sports is coming in here it's an acquisition they're saving this the rugby channel setup um flow sports is led by uh well the rugby branch is led by alex goff big time veteran in the rugby reporting community but uncle johnny we're just going to tease this once we run out of mlr games in the summer we are doing a full blown power rankings of usa rugby media so wait for that one and the club championships coming up this weekend in glendale colorado uh the there are some scintillating matchups coming up on saturday and sunday in glendale going for the title of club championships the d1 men's championship will will be belmont shore against mystic river saturday the Uh, river (laughs) mystic river who had a close one against Nyack. They came out with a one-point victory. Belmont also won at the death against Austin Blacks in Fort Worth. That was an amazing game, which Austin honestly had, uh, I'd say, control of most of the game, and Belmont came and scored a, a try at the death and converted from the sideline to win. It was pretty exciting. So that's going to be a cracking matchup. Life West Gladiatrix against the Raleigh Venom for the D1 Women's Final. Also on Saturday. Uh, Saturday, we'll see Charlotte versus the St. Louis Sabres in the D2 women's final. And then Sunday, uh, Long Island versus Austin Blacks in the D3 final. And our Denver Barbarians against the Detroit Tradesmen for the D2 national championship Sunday at 2 p.m. local. Get there, folks. Wear your green and white if you're in town. Um, I've never played in a final before, but I sure am excited. Um, we'll be taking on a tough Detroit Tradesman team who has been in the final before. So, yeah, really looking forward to Sunday. It's going to be a cracker. But this is an MLR podcast, and we have slacked. We've been off a week. So let's catch you up with the most recent week's results. To start the weekend, we had the Austin Elite hosting the San Diego Legion. And before I get into this game, 
Our boy Harpo sent us a text right before he went, quote, off the grid and canceled his cell phone. He said he was very disappointed in us that we did not get a uh, midweek podcast in. So like all of our listeners, we, we need to be held accountable. But he had a second half uh, prediction for us. And I quote from his text, which has spelling errors all over it. Second half disappointments, according to Harpo. San Diego, Utah, and Houston. And he knows this uh, because of missed tackles. <laughs> Leading indicator statistically. So basically, Harpo predicts his final four will be Glendale at one, Seattle at two, Nola at three, and Austin sneaking into the four spot. Now, mind you, this was back when they were one and two. Most recently, Austin has lived up to Harpo's prediction. They spanked the the San Diego Legion at home, 31-5. to Johnny, tell us about this game. Austin hosting San Diego, they... They were pretty dominant, pretty straight away. San Diego looked a little lost, and Honko leading the league in try scoring. Hermesis. The hammer laid it down again, and he's got what six tries through five games. Yeah, dominant. That's a decent average. He's a good front foot leader for them, and you know they really just again San Diego. I don't know what their issues are internally, but they have you know the talent on paper, and they're not delivering on the pitch yep Fanal scored hanko scored zinzan ilan putik and uh marcus walsh got over again but what's the deal here what do we take from this i mean when i look at a team like austin i see a team that's had shoddy defense that time but at home lights out uh they have yet to win a road game and yet to lose a home game same goes for the san diego legion uh they played a couple people close but I, I don't know this legion team I, the one thing i can agree on is austin and san diego are both wildly inconsistent so they're part of that big two wins three losses group in the middle of our exciting table johnny what do you see in the future for these two teams if austin can keep their defense tight they're going to be able to compete and i think they're competing for one of those you know top four spots so they're right there uh, that's all. They, that's all they have to do is is stay close, and they give themselves a chance to make a run at the end. Chris Shade, Ben Mitchell, Victor Compat all put in hard minutes for that team. Uh, but again, just the consistency. We got to see some defense, and we saw it on this night from Austin. Austin wins thirty-one to five. On to our second game, and this was a shootout in the heat. But the Utah Warriors came out victorious against the Houston Sabercats by a score of 36 to 30. The scoring was all over the place, but in the scoring sheet for Utah was Matt Jensen, Lance Williams, Don Patti, Lauti, and Tui Polatula. Uh, and for Houston, Kalenisau dotted again, Vithi again, and Connor Murphy in an losing effort was our spiciest scrummy. It's a long time coming. He's come from the clouds. No one caught him. Johnny, you just take a look at this kid and you know you got spice. He's only about 5'9". He's tatted up. He's got the knee brace on. Um, He's everything that you want to see in a scrum half. He's quite stocky. (laughs) And I think this is honestly his best performance of the year. Yeah, he he scored uh, on a ball that came out the back um, to put Houston in a chance to win. Loves to swat that ball away when somebody else got it and there's a penalty. I'll tell you what, man. 
<laughs> Connor Murphy keeps his eye on one thing and one thing only, and that's the ball. Yep. <laughs> so we saw enough spice to give Connor Murphy our spiciest scrummy of the week. Uh, Johnny, what was your take? Because my only take was that I love both of them individually, but Dan Power and Grant Cole, they were not a power couple on the mic. It takes <laughs> it takes a little time to you know get to know each other, get your chemistry down, and they have uh, somewhat different styles, but they're both I, obviously top-notch. I think you had two cooks in the kitchen because you either got to let Grant Cole do the play-by-play and let him go, let the unleash that tiger, Never give a wing, never give a wing that kind of ammunition. I heard a good one the other day, right? Why do wingers score so many tries? I don't know why. They're marked by other wingers. <laughs> I like that. Brilliant. But Dan Power is the man. He calls a great play-by-play game. I just don't think they had the chemistry that you see, you know? A couple of egos in the booth. They call it work for a reason. They'll work on it. They're professionals. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was a good game. I mean, it had some slop because it was, again, 100 degrees in Houston. S- like soaking, sloppy, sweaty, wet. Uh, I'll cut that. But, Johnny, I did have another case of rig jealousy when they threw this guy's dimensions up on the screen. <laughs> Who was it this time? Matt Jensen, 6'8", 260. Yeah, you know what I do with that body? I rob a couple banks. He is a beast coming out of BYU. He had a he had a good game as well. Like, yeah. Yeah, he went to BYU, but he's actually a Scranton, Pennsylvania native. They call it Scranton. What? The Electric City. Scranton. What? The Electric City. And Nikki Falmasuli was in on the wing today. And oddly enough, after uh, Dan Power explained to us how the yellow card was actually an impact sub for Utah, we, we saw a Nikki scrumming down and going from wing to flanker for a 10-minute period. Uh, But let me just say, on Utah's part, Kurt Marath is playing better and better each week. He's a facilitator. But Utah also has a sneaky prop as a facilitator. Angus McClellan gets his hands all over the ball every game. He does a little catch and pass right at the line. Um, Some people think that he got beat up in the scrum. I I I don't think I'm a scrum expert. When the whole thing pops up, I can't really tell, like, who's doing well. Um, but in the open field, McClellan earned all MLR honors this week, and uh, he helped powered his team to a win on the road. Road wins. That's what's going to get you in the Final Four. Utah got there first. Johnny, first team all here, Diego Macchiaria. Ay, Dios mio. Yeah, you know what kind of hairstyle he had? <laughs> the kind where you literally don't have one hair on your head. That dude is Smooth. hairless. Uh, he came off the bench uh, at the hooker position for Skater Stevens, as uh, Grant Cole likes to say. He came in at the 60th minute mark, made an impact, had some good line-off throws, but this has been the case with Houston. They, they have the win right there, and they can't take it. And Utah really, they stepped up when they needed to. They keep themselves in the in the running here. Is this team dead, this Houston team? Well, they're... It's all still close in the standings technically, but if you look at their schedule coming up, it doesn't get easier. No. 
Nope, it's very hard to fall this low this early. They have four losses. The best they can end is four and four, but we will see. I mean, this Houston franchise isn't going anywhere, um, and they got some tough games to play coming up. So what would you think about the last game, NOLA at Seattle? It was an ass-whooping. Don't let the score at halftime fool you. Uh, Seattle was all over them right from the start. The beast, Eric Duchel, running rampant. Brock Staller. Shot caller. Brock Staller. 20-inch rims on the Impala. Shout out to Lil Troy. Yeah, he got set up pretty well. He had two tries? Yeah, two tries in the first 10 minutes. Uh, He's been playing really well all year for that Seattle Seawolves line. Uh, But they ended up rolling into the 50s in the second half. NOLA had its moments with good phase play, but they really did not produce points when they needed to. And, you know, the theme of the game was their their defense was full of holes and they just didn't make the plays. Yeah, tackling is hugely important. And I think uh, the really smooth 9-10 combination of Phil Mack and Will Holder is uh, allowing Seattle that really good transition ball and getting them on their front foot and their pack plays really strong. So, Johnny, I had a couple questions. We're sad that it's Seattle's last home game because they clearly have the best home environment. Oh, yeah. Starfire was on fire yet again, and there was even some Seattle sun out there for the fans. It was packed. Here's my question. The owner sent out his usual briefing, as he does before each game, talking about all the changes they're going to make, but he brought up the etiquette while kicking. And he says, while European countries stay silent, uh, I know it's an American tradition to cheer against the kicker. He said that he would not be doing it. And he kind of encouraged fans to do it either way. Why are we dancing around this? Spirit, Boo the guy! Spirit of the game, man. Boo! No, if they're good terrible. kickers, they'll hit the kick. No pressure, no diamonds. No pressure, no diamonds. Why do we even why do we even believe in diamonds anyway? That's ridiculous. No, I believe your home crowd builds a hostile environment for your benefit. Seawolves, you got the best home crowd in the league. Why wouldn't you use it? Because they're classy. Eh. Keep it classy, Seattle. Keep it trashy. So, where does this bring us on the table? Seattle moves into first place. Now they have a game in hand against Glendale. We have a big old log jam from spots three, four, five, and six. We have four teams, all two and three, uh, with varying amounts of bonus points. But the Utah Warriors, Austin Elite, Nola Gold, and San Diego Legion are all floating around the middle there. Now, according to Harpo's picks, it's going to be Nola Gold and Austin Elite. Utah's looking pretty strong. Um, obviously, Seattle and Glendale are separating themselves uh, from the rest of the crowd as favorites, but you know there still is a bit of parity in the middle there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be tough. Um, Glendale on this on the the other end, they've had two off weeks in a row, and they're losing a lot of players to the Eagle Pool. So we'll see if they stay perfect this week. Yeah, this uh, this test window on June 9th, and uh, then the following weekend on June it's 16th. 9th, 9th, 16th, and 23rd. And 23rd. We'll talk about that at the end. Okay. On to voicemails. Hello, my name is Charles. I listened to you a long time. I just called for the first time today. Uh, I am from France originally, and uh, for that reason, I am a huge fan of uh, the Austin Elite. Uh, I like the way they play uh, rugby. It is uh, reminds me of, of the French rugby. They, 
the, the numero 10 is, uh, is very good. I, I love seeing him uh, do the work that he does uh, out there. Uh, again, I just want to call uh, to leave you a message and say I'm a, I'm a big fan of, uh, of your reporting and I really like how uh, your, your take on certain subjects. Uh, so it is a pleasure to listen to you. I hope uh, you, uh, you give me a call back for any question. Uh, but again, uh, rugby become uh, my favorite uh, place to listen to my rugby news in the, in the U.S. Thank you so much and have a great day. Bye. Oui, oui, oui. Sure. So I can guarantee we will not be calling you back because it is only a one-way radio show here. But thank you for your call. We will address your call. And uh, for those listeners that need a translation like I did, I believe he was saying he's a Frenchman who likes the Austin elite, the way they play rugby. Um, and he likes their fly half, Mr. Timothy Guillaumin. He's a je ne sais quoi. Yeah, you know, Guillaumin, he's a hell of a player. I mean, he doesn't jump off the page with his dimensions or his playmaking ability, but he's played every single game for them. He was five for six off the tee in their big win, so when the offense is clicking, it is through him. Yeah, he's solid and a good boot. Yeah, there, there's a French connect there. That might be why uh, our call of Charles was uh, frothing over the Austin elite. Um, but I think that France has an important role to play in the MLR and uh, hopefully in Rugby Pick'em as well. We'll keep building our French brand out there. Charles, keep calling him. Next voicemail. Hey, what's up, Pick'em? This is John. My, I have a question for you guys. What is the most appropriate, inappropriate haircut you can give to a player who's had too much to drink at a social? Thanks. Love the show. Well, for starters, who is giving haircuts to drunk people at a social? Uh, you're a sick puppy, John. Uh, but thanks for calling. Um, Uncle Johnny, what do you got here for crazy haircuts? I mean, like, I think he's talking about like rookie hazing haircuts. Uh, what do you like? I like the, I like the, uh, the, the Friar John. The, re- got- <laughs> the reverse mohawk. Yeah, yeah. You make him shave the top and keep the George Costanza out the side. That's a good one right there. Uh, pretty much anything that they're going to be embarrassed to walk to a full-time job with, you've done a good job. I don't know anybody that's doing it to people at the bar, at the social. I hope you made it through college, John. Thanks for calling. <laughs> All right. On to our Thanking Doug segment. We're going to go back to our favorite article. We have some really good Thanking Doug stuff planned. We want to thank Doug in person. And we know he's a high-class guy, but he's also a man of the people. What we've done is set up a GoFundMe to buy a one-way bus ticket, a Greyhound, from New York City to Denver so that Dougie's show can come out to the semifinal um, and we can thank him in person. All our listeners out there who want us to thank Doug in person, help us out. Donate a penny. Donate a nickel. Donate a dime. Uh, Let's get $170 together so that we can fly Oh, sorry, check that. Bus dug out all the way to Denver. Um, But this week, we'll go back to the New York Times article and hear about Doug's passion. And now, a reading from One Man's Quest to Get America to Care About Rugby, Douglas Schoeninger. What if nobody comes? I asked. Rugby dream stress was showing up on Treninger's face. In a way, it hadn't when I asked the same heartless question in October. 
You mean what happens if I don't sell a single ticket or a single hot dog or a single parking space? If nobody buys any pro rugby t-shirts or hats? If I don't get one sponsor? If nobody wants to broadcast a single game? He shuddered. I'm all in, he said. I've become a rugby believer. If I fail, it's not the money I've spent. Well, it's the money I've spent, but it's also that I was wrong. Wrong about the support from the rugby community. Wrong about the time being right. That's what would hurt. It's like opening a restaurant and then no one comes. That would hurt. But then, if this was easy, it would have been done already. Oh, Doug, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Johnny, we're going to try a new bit this week. Uh, I was bored over Memorial Day weekend. I was trying to stay away from all the uh, the barbecues and the partying, so I was just holed up in my room on my computer, living that blogger life. And uh, I was thinking to myself, at the halfway point of the season, what guys in the MLR have not only played every game, but played all 80? So, without further ado, I want you to guess who are... All 80 team is halfway through the season. Now, 80 these are minute guys, men. Oh, yeah. 80 minute men. These are guys. Don't you have an 80 minute man story? 80 minute. Let's, we'll save that for another time. Right. We got to respect those 80 minute men uh, that are carrying their teams. I was it. Is Honko one of them? Honko's played. So he just missed. He was uh, pulled in the final 10 minutes of the game, I think, where they blew out Nola at home. Uh, but before we start this, I just want to shout out Brian Ray and America's Rugby News. We will be doing our Rugby News Power Rankings, but this guy keeps methodical game reports. Who scored? Who was subbed? Uh, get on America's Rugby News if you don't already. It's a great site uh, for all throughout Northern and Southern Hemisphere America's Rugby, actually. So, Johnny, the first team is Austin Elite. Now, you guess Honko. He just minute, missed it by 10 minutes. Who else do you think has played all 80 minutes for the Austin Elite? Uh, are, we, are we talking prop talk? Ooh, there's a prop who came one minute shy. Who's that? Chris Shade. He Ooh. plays a little prop, little hooker. The yep. Shade O'Raid. I actually met that guy for five minutes down in Christchurch out with Will Jennings and Stevie Karras. Uh, Ohio boy, summer. yeah. Yeah, he's an Ohio boy. He's yep. getting some minutes down with the team in Christchurch, but he's been putting up big, big playing numbers. But he's not an 80-minute man. Okay. He got pulled in the 79th minute of one game. Rough. The other guys are Ben Mitchell. He's been all over that all-MLR team. And Timothy Guillemin, oh, our nice. previously mentioned French fly half. All 80. How about for Glendale? Who do you think? Uh... Glendale stalwarts. Who are the old heads? Well, I mean, there's a couple guys with good boots that you know are all 80. Peter Dahl? He is not a back with a good boot, but he is the only forward in the Glendale pack to play all 80 of every single game. The other two are Will McGee and our favorite, Maximo De Acheval, the Wizard. The Wizard's been all over the show. That's awesome to see. For Houston, we had two backs, Sam Windsor, the fly half, and Osea Kalinisau. They are certainly getting every single penny out of that guy's contract. Yeah, I was going to say Kalinisau. He's been all over the pitch in different positions, but always delivering. Nola, we had one forward and three backs. Any guesses? I think uh, Holden Youngert at scrum half. I don't know if I've seen him subbed out. Yep, Holden Younger is an 80-minute man for Nola so far. 
Matt Houston has put in serious work at the open side. Ooh. He's on our All-80 team. Taylor Howden and Michael Baska, the fullback. So there's a couple guys for NOLA that are earning their money. And um, let's remember on these All-80 teams, these are guys that coaches take for granted. I mean, they don't like – not in a bad way. It's just like if you're in a coach in a pinch and you're in a close game and you only have so many subs and you know that a guy is capable of 80 every week. You're milking 80 out of him yeah, every time. Yeah, yeah, But at the same time, when you play a long season, you got to remember that guys aren't invincible. For Seattle, who are our 80-minute men? Taylor Krumai. In the second row, has put in some serious number. Strong. Aladdin Shermer, he's a podcast favorite. Gets all over the field in the loose. And Phil Mack and Matt Turner. Phil Mack. Let me go back and say, I was getting on Matt Turner for the frosted tips. Right. I think he's actually kind of a natural blonde. He's got like dark hair with little blonde. For those that don't know, Frosted Tips is like the 90s Eminem style where you, you dye your hair bleach blonde and then it starts to grow out and you only have the blonde tips on top. Boy so, band. Yeah, I take it back, Matt Turner. You're playing lights out rugby and, you know, whatever your hair, hair color is, let that be your secret. But he's an 80-minute man for the Seattle Sea Wolves for San Diego. And uh, a couple of these guys are going to get pulled into the Eagle Pool, so they'll lose that title. Cam Dolan. Mm. Duplessis and Salabert in the backs, and Jay Harmon, hmm. the old old guy who came over from Ambach. We played him in that um, preseason kind of matchup we did. Uh, he's logged all 80 every single game for the Legion. Impressive. He, I mean, he's got to be over 32 from the looks of him. Right. Um, that's just really impressive. And lastly, for Utah, Angus McClellan came close. He got subbed for the final 10 minutes. But Kurt Morath is the only 80-minute man for Utah. Playing fly half for him, eh? A lot of fly halves in those uh, in, in, that teams are relying on in those 80-minute man group. Yep, there was four fly halves. Guillemin, Will Maggie, Sam Windsor, um, and Kurt Morath. But, Johnny, when I went through, I, I thought it would be one or two players max for the whole league. So this is very impressive. We got about... 16 guys who are all 80-minute men. And with that, let's get to our player tri-pool. All right, Johnny, because we did a poor job last week, we'll kind of skip over our results. I only hit on one guy, Mr. Matt Turner himself. He's been a scoring machine for Seattle. Uh, Their whole back line is dangerous. Uh, But this week, I'm going to go with, on that theme... Baller, Brock Staller. Give me Staller to score. He's got the boot. He's got the speed. He'll be in the try zone. I also like Tornata Lauti for the Utah Warriors. Uh, He picks his gaps nice. He'll get free. Uh, Marcus Walsh. He's Mr. Pick and Go around the goal line. And you know what? My only rule of the scrummy, if you're going to do it, don't get held up and score. And you're all good in my book. Uh, Walsh always finds his way over the goal line. And lastly... I have Zach Finoglio. Oh, yeah. Paul Blart, mall cop. Yep. He's going to be on the field, whether it's hooker, flanker, whatever. Um, so I will take him to score, but Brock Staller is my lock. Finoglio is a good uh, option to score right off that rolling mall. It's good. I think Glendale's got a lot of scoring to do, and Seattle does as well. So I'm going to go with Peter Tiberio. Great to see him out there running around for Seattle. Tibbs and another Peter, Peter Dahl. Uh, stalwart for Glendale. 80-minute man. Rasaleka for Seattle. And my lock will be Seth Halliman on the wing for Glendale. He's slippery. 
Johnny's done a wing lock before in Harley Davidson, and he hit on it. So uh, expect Seth Hallman to get loose this weekend. Hey, Johnny. What's up? Let's get to the juice. All right. Game one, Utah at Austin Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern time, 8 p.m. Central time. Uh, who's our favorite here? 6 p.m. Pacific. Um, I don't really know who's the favorite here, Johnny. Both of these teams are in that two-win, three-loss pack. But I got to say that home field is everything right now. All we've seen is Austin get pumped on the road and win at home. I'm going to say Austin is a six-point favorite against Utah at home. Do you like that line? It's a good line, Austin. Minus six at home. It played really well, and their defense looked good last weekend. Utah uh, proves that they can score, so we'll see uh, how that offense of Utah matches up against the defense of Austin. Who you got with the spread right now if you're a gambling man? Take Austin. Johnny's taking Austin to cover the six. I was really, really, really tempted to go with the Warriors again to win on the road. I mean, not even to win. They can cover that six, but... I don't know. Austin is this crazy enigma, and I'm just going to go with what I know. They're good at home, so I'll take Austin as well with the six points. Game number two, Seattle at Houston Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central time. Uh, Seattle's looking strong, but they got to go on the road at Houston. Yeah, it's a road game, but we still have to make them the favorites. I was thinking double digits, but Houston seems to play all these teams tough. I mean, the only time they really got pumped was the opening week uh, against NOLA. Um, I'm going to say right now that Seattle is a nine-point favorite on the road. I take Seattle to cover that spread. Basically, they're in form right now, and their forwards are uh, setting them up for a lot of front foot. So I take them to cover the nine. I'm going to do something crazy. Houston to win at home. Just when you think you know who's good and who's not in the MLR, crazy shit happens. I think Houston, with their backs against the wall, is going to get a game at home. You cray. You cray, man. I'm cray. I'm cray. Uh, game three, Glendale at NOLA. This will be another hot one. Sunday, 4 p.m. Eastern time. That's 3 p.m. Central time in New Orleans. Glendale having to travel, but really difficult uh, to pick anyone other than Glendale with a wide margin here. Yeah, I put 16.5 as the line. It's no disrespect to NOLA. It's just what Glendale does. Uh, They score points in buckets, as Harpo likes to say. All right, Johnny, who you got in this game? 16.5 point spread. I'm still going with the chalk. Chalk eater. He likes chalk all the way down the line this week, taking all the favorites. I will also go with Glendale. Um... Nola traveled last week and came out super flat. They're not going to do that at home, but they're going to be playing a Seattle-quality team in Glendale who's chomping off the bit after two bye weeks. Ben Landry's back in the lineup. Uh, The dude with the dreads, the white guy with the dreads. Connor Cook is back in the lineup. I don't know if he'll be in the lineup, but they're finally done from suspension. In week one! I don't know. I've been harping on that enough. It's savage. Really a story coming up here for the MLR will be uh, what teams do in the upcoming test weekend, who they have to backfill. And really there's two teams that are going to get hit 
by uh, the Eagles pool pulling. The 31-man roster for the Eagles was uh, revised recently, but San Diego has seven players uh, getting pulled into Eagles camp. Glendale has six. All the other teams, Utah has two, Seattle has one, Austin has one, Houston has one, New Orleans has zero. Um, so really, San Diego and Glendale are, are going to get a lot of their studs pulled into Eagles camp. We'll see how that... I feel like Utah is going to get hit hard, too, because Marath got called up for Tonga. So they're going to lose their heart and soul uh, with a couple other Eagles. I'm guessing Jensen's on that list. Let's see gay. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard when your stud players get called up, but that's the rugby model we play. I mean, any clubs out there who lost guys to MLR teams, you have to be happy sending athletes on to the next level. Um, So we'll see which teams backfill well. But, Johnny, let's talk about our Eagles. Like, we're an MLR fan, but Johnny and I roll deep with the Eagles. We went to the 2015 World Cup together. Um, And honestly, we have three games in June. We have one against a Tier 1 country, Scotland, who, by the way, flashing back to that World Cup, I was at the game in Leeds. We were winning 13-3 at halftime before Scotland came out and absolutely shit-stomped us uh, with five second-half tries. Um, And I partially think it's my fault. I snuck into a VIP area with free food and beer, and I got basically all I could get within five minutes before they kicked me out. Um, But... I kind of think I jinxed the Eagles, overreached a bit. But the fact is we have yet to beat a Tier 1 team in rugby in our country's history. We came close that day. But can we win this game down in Houston against Scotland? Have you, 16? have you seen Scotland in form? You know, it really depends on who they bring. Yeah, right. Are they bringing Six Nations Team Scotland? I read an article that said that they had a couple selections pulled back by their clubs. For those that don't know it, there's a really, really sour relationship between premiership owners. So right, the, that English league, they are not connected with any of the national teams. So there's a lot of fighting over, hey, I have this player under contract. Bullshit. He's not playing in these June tests. So Scotland will not have a 100% good-to-go World Cup quality team against us. But can we get this monkey off our back? Can we get our Tier 1 win? Not right now. I mean, I like your optimism, your hope. But Scotland in form, even if it's their 1.5 side, they are have been playing some great, great quality rugby. And we have a big test. We've got a new coach, Gary Gold, coming in. So he's going to be trying to... Uh, instill some of his game plan and and it's going to be new to some of these guys they're they're collecting they're getting together in camp for like a week before their first test Uh, and that will be here in denver against russia june 9th so that's really what our target should be let's focus on the cold war against (laughs) russia let's take out the russian hackers you know no collusion yeah and take them down focus on that first Whatever happens next, uh, we'll, we'll take next. So we're going to be here next week. Should we play dirty like Putin and maybe pull a couple late-night alarms at the Russia Hotel, you know, give them a little uh, American spice? No, I think we'd only be validating their team. we got to beat Russia, right? I mean, That should be the number one focus. We're playing them at home, at altitude. we got to beat the Bears. Then it's on to Scotland, and we end with a game 
in Ontario against Canada. More to come on that. We will definitely be covering it. We're going to watch all those MLR guys move on to the next level, and we'll also be seeing which MLR teams can backfill. Yep, and and when I met Gary Gold at the National Development Summit this winter, uh, you know, he had some pretty reasonable expectations, and his goals uh, to the group really were, yeah, we want to beat a Tier 1 country that should be our ultimate goal we want to be in the tier one but in order to get there we need to own tier two first that's it if you're in denver come out june 9th against the russia bears if you're in houston get out the 16th against scotland we are excited to be back at rugby pickham call 970-645-2226 Leave us your voicemails. We're grassroots guys. We love our fan feedback. We will be updating you on more MLR to come. And just a teaser for the summer, we are going to be launching a new style of podcast. We're going to have some rugby pick bios for you. Good one-on-one conversations with various people in the rugby community. Until next time, Uncle Johnny, this has been Rugby pick Thank you.
Tamalatucci, they get a 10 minute rest. The younger of them, Tamalau's Maka, he comes on for 10 minutes of impact. He gets another rest to freshen up and he can come back on for another stint later in the game. Almost using them as the rolling subs here. And the Zabakats unable to pick up any points. We have to think Alf Daniels is a, is a bit of a strategician. I might just outro that like a really, really long time. <laughs> just take the whole thing. Like a seven minute outro. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah.